and welcome back to another episode of the Total Sports Live podcast. I'm Jovan Alfred. You already know, you see who's joining me. I'm joined by none other than Harrison Brown and Keaton Nichols to talk about week five in fantasy football. Yes, it's been a minute since we last did a fantasy football podcast, but we're back at it. Hopefully, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming uh, with these pods. But hopefully, you are enjoying listening to them and all the other podcasts uh, that we are doing here on Total Sports Live. And if you are, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Total Sports Live. Checking out TotalSportsLive.com. Yes, the website's still there. It does exist in the uh, in the in the internet universe there. And check out the podcast, Spotify. You just search TSL Podcast, Total Sports Live, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, probably iHeartRadio, wherever Anchor sends out podcasts. That's pretty much where you can find the podcast. Everywhere out there, you can find the podcast. And lastly, you can find it on Anchor uh fm like i said this is jovan and i'm joined by my guys harrison and keaton fellas how's it doing we got a lot to talk about looking at week five we're past the quarter point of the nfl season it's amazing how we're already a month through the season yeah. and we're gonna start slowly inching towards the halfway point but then before you know it, it's gonna be in the season then it's gonna be like man fantasy's over already and then it's like we're getting ready for draft season so it just always continues, but glad to be back on the podcast with y'all. Glad to be here as well, Jovan, as well. And all of my teams are still in contention. I'm not technically out of anything just yet, so let's fire them up. Hey, likewise, man. It, it's early in the season. I feel like every I feel like every fantasy league I'm in is still wide open. Like even if you're at the back of a fantasy league right now, it, it's very early in the year, and it's been a very crazy and unpredictable fantasy season. So we got a lot to break down today. It definitely has been uh, very unpredictable. It's funny y'all say that, how, like, leagues are, like, wide open. I literally try to tell my brother that because he's, like, he's, like, winless right now in our league. And I literally try to tell him it's not over yet. He's, like, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing. I'm, like, it's not. It's how not. you start. It's how you finish. I'm, like, it's not over yet, Chris. I'm, like, you got to do this. You got to do that. And he was, like, yeah, I'll see. So, hopefully, he takes my advice. I gave him, like, a list of players and, like, trades to make. So, hopefully. And he needs to listen to this podcast. That, right. too. Send it to him. Right. We're going to say some too. good stuff tonight. <laughs> That too. I'm gonna put. Yeah. I'm gonna put it in. The, and I'm, I'm gonna put this uh, podcast in the Fortnite group chat. We <laughs> <laughs> all hop in the group. Yeah, listen, man. While while we're out here winning rounds, right? It's been a minute. We gotta get you back win to your that fantasy too. league. Yeah, we do. Actually, we that's facts. That. that is absolute facts. So let's talk about fantasy, y'all. And we're gonna go back in the way back machine, looking back at our preseason takes. For people that don't remember, we <laughs> oh, did man. a. We did a. We did a. Uh, a preseason, like regular season type podcast where we were just talking about newcomers who could make some noise, look at rookies, but we also talk about players that you should that you should have avoided. And through week, as we got through the first four weeks of the season, heading into week five, we definitely made some. We were definitely wrong on some of these guys. I will For say sure. we were definitely For wrong sure. on some of and these guys. And that's gonna happen, right? It's, that's gonna happen. It's definitely going to happen. And there's a list of guys who we have on our that we talked about back before the season began. And now we're at the we're now on week five. And these guys are actually performing uh, pretty well. And the first guy I want to talk about, fellas, and he's in our backyard, like Philadelphia's backyard. That's none other than Miles Sanders. Miles mm-hmm. Sanders, who, you know, we talked about, you know, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago, I'll say a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, almost a month ago. We said about him, you know, don't reach on him. You know, if you get him in a draft, you know, if you get him round nine, round 10, he's worth the investment. You know, he said, you know, don't take him in fantasy this year. 
Well, he's kind of done the complete opposite. You want him in fantasy. <laughs> you want him in fantasy this year because he's actually scoring touchdowns, Harrison. This is a, a revelation. He's, you know, he scored a touchdown in week one. It was like the first touchdown he had in like 600 something days at that point. And now he has what, three? And coming off 134 yard performance against the Jaguars. Were we mistaken to say, do not reach on Miles Sanders. Should we have taken him earlier? And what have you thought and what have you liked from Sanders this year to where he's now? I think a lot of people are comfortable probably throwing him at RB2 and could be a low-end RB1 depending on some weeks and injuries. Yeah, you know, I want to sit here and say I'm disappointed to see Miles Sanders outperforming our expectations. But at the same time, the Eagles are 4-0 and and the running game is firing on all cylinders. It's great to see. I think a lot of the concerns that a lot of the people had on Miles Sanders and even kind of like you mentioned, you know, he even said, don't draft me in fantasy. We work a lot of committees and stuff that that's still all kind of plausible. You know, a lot of that still could play in later in the season, but he has had a really productive and explosive start to the season. This is a big year for Miles Sanders. It's a contract year. This is a big prove it year for him um, in terms of not only his tenure with the Eagles, his NFL career as a whole. Uh, I think that, Last week might be a little bit of an anomaly for Miles Sanders. The mm-hmm. ridiculous numbers that he put up, the 27 carries that he got, you know, over 100 yards. Um, obviously, with the the rain the entire game, the rain across the whole East Coast, really. Um, obviously, the Eagles were going to run the ball. I, I still would say that Jalen Hurts is the Eagles' most talented rusher. I, I think statistically and just on the field as well. I think that Jalen Hurts is still the Eagles' top rusher, but. It's been very impressive to see what Miles Sanders has done this year. I certainly hope that he can keep it up. I think you're right. He's a running back two right now comfortably. You know, if you have Miles Sanders, he's he's in your running back two slot every week without any problems bearing any injuries or crazy matchups, you know, especially with the way the Eagles offensive line is playing, just the offense as a whole. So Miles Sanders definitely exceeded expectations. He's exceeding them. And something that I found interesting when I'm looking at his stats, y'all, is that it's not so much the carries because the carries are going to fluctuate just because they play in a very running back by committee system. It doesn't look like it. And Jalen Hurts, you know, he gets his fair share of carries. What I find interesting, the number of snaps that he's played. Week one, 52%. Week two, 53%. Week three, 59%. Week four, 67%. So his snap percentage is going up if he, if he becomes the clear, and I think we can say this, he becomes the clear RB1 with the Eagles, there's no Jordan Howard or Boston Scott kind of inching their way, you know, to being in that RB1 category for the Eagles. It's Miles Sanders. He's RB1, like, and Kenneth Gainwell's RB2 or that change of pace guy. And if you have Miles Sanders, I think he's paying good dividends for you so far. You can't be mad at the production that you are that you are getting from him. Yeah, and 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 also I I think I I really concur with what you said, Harrison, about Harris uh, about Hertz still being the Eagles' best rusher over uh, overall. He rushed the ball sixteen times this past week. I'm talking about Jalen Hurts did, um, and I've said this before about situations in which you have a mobile quarterback, um, a dual threat quarterback, if you will. Let's 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 call it that. Um, you know, it eats into the value of the running back position so much and that's a reason why even though you look at the touchdown regression from miles sanders miles sanders was owed several touchdowns this year um just based upon usage overall usage how many snaps he was in the game uh uh, snaps per game rather he was in last year converting that into this year you figure 
uh, equal or even slightly less usage, he still owed a few touchdowns. So I think that portion of it we we saw, but the 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 condition still remains the same though on this uh Jalen Hurts on the season so far 53 rushes on the year for Jalen Hurts compared to 72 rushes for Miles Sanders there's 19 rushes that are separating your starting quarterback from your starting running back that's by the way you know getting a decent you know load of carries it's not like they're suffocating him back there either um the other thing that you're worried about is he hasn't had more than three targets in a game so far this year, it's another thing that just happens with dual threat quarterbacks. A short throw out of the backfield is an option that a quarterback uses as a safety valve. In a sense, the coverage is starting. Sorry, the protection is starting to break down, um, and options not available deeper in coverage. Oftentimes, quarterbacks rely upon those those uh, those running backs to, to to make those shorter throws. Um, so, oftentimes, when we see a dual threat running back or a quarterback that's so effective uh, at running the football, especially in the red zone, it's going to eat into the you know those opportunities. But uh, I think overall, uh, our expectations for Miles Sanders came down from last year, and right now he's meeting and exceeding those. Uh, especially with the touchdowns that I mentioned that he's owed on the board. So if you are if you still want to try and swoop in and grab a Miles Sanders at a cheap value because he's had one monster game and, and several, you know, okay, a few okay, decent games as well this year in terms of fantasy points, now might be the time to kind of sneak in and do that. Most certainly is. And if you look at his fantasy stats on, um, on a pro football reference, they have a fantasy section. For those that don't know, they have a fantasy section. Section. So you look at week one, 16.5 fantasy points, week two, 8.6, week three, only 4.4. And then obviously week four with the anomaly, 27.6. Don't expect 27.6. Mm-hmm. But I think we can all agree that if you can get eight to 10 points from Miles Sanders, that's a win. That's 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 a great win for you at the RB2 spot. Yeah, I mean, running back is thin this year. That's another thing. Like, I mean, you you, you will take that. I do think that his floor is eventually going to cut. I, I, I think that Miles Sanders does have the potential the way this offense is. Um, they're scoring a lot of points. They're playing really well right now. And I think if they keep the ball on the ground, like if I'm, if I'm thinking as a coach, I'm thinking to myself, Miles Sanders has a lot of value in our game plan to win every single week. Um, whether or not that translates into fantasy numbers, that's you know, of course, that's why we're all here. That's what we're talking about right now. Um, but I do think that Miles Sanders is a big part of how the Eagles continue to win for the rest of the year. Most definitely. So we'll see how Sanders and uh, continues that as he go as the Eagles go up against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. So we'll see if he can pick that up and find an end zone once again. If he does, then hey, you have some more fantasy points uh, coming your way. Speaking. Of another speaking of running backs, let's stay with another running back, one that I was not particularly high on, just for health reasons. But he's proven us wrong. So he's proven he's 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 proven us wrong so far, Keaton, and that is Rashard Penny. Yeah. He has been probably one of the more consistent running backs in the league this year on a Seattle team that no one had no expectations for whatsoever. They wrote him off. They wrote him off, but the book isn't written yet, and. <laughs> Penny is doing it, even with yeah. a guy like Kenneth Walker III, who's an outstanding rookie running back out of Michigan State behind him. Penny has not taken the foot off the gas for this RB for this RB one spot right now. And if you have him on fantasy, and I was the one that was disrespecting him, he's paying big. He's he's paying off big time for you. 
what who expected Seattle's offense to be one of these offenses that we're looking at? Like, actually, I kind of want a piece of that in right. fantasy. Absolutely no one. Um, you know, so I think the the fact that they're continuing to move the ball down the field in a way that we didn't expect is going to give Rashad Penny more opportunities inside the red zone. Efficiency has been his killer. Um, he carries the ball a lot. He doesn't carry the ball very far when he does that. That's always been a big problem. So if you equate that, I mean, he was one of our preseason people to avoid, right? Because here's a guy that hasn't been an efficient runner, and now we're adding a quarterback that we believe is going to be less efficient at moving the offense up and down the field than Russell Wilson was last year. That just doesn't spell good numbers and a good situation for Rashad Penny. But I do still think – that this one, there is some credence to this as we look forward to what Kenneth Walker is going to do. Um, he's not involved at all in terms of the the passing game um, either. And the most impressive maybe part of this whole Seattle offense has been the play of Geno Smith. So if I look at, again, what is going to win this team games, uh, uh, you know, down the line, it's going to be putting the ball. Actually, it's crazy, but putting the ball in Geno Smith's hands. Um, and I don't know if that necessarily continues to trend Rashad Penny's way, but so far, I think he has done much better, has trended in the opposite direction of what we expected at this point, as has the whole Seattle offense. What do you think, Harrison? Yeah, while we're here talking about the Seahawks offense, just a huge shout-out to Geno Smith. I mean, he's definitely another guy who's exceeded expectations, but a professional quarterback, a guy who's been around the Seahawks offense, knows that system. And crazily enough, I mean, I'm sure you all have saw the social media posts has outperformed Russ low-key, statistically and on the field. I mean, he's... He's played really good. He knows what he's doing. He's controlled the football. He's protected the football. You don't see Geno Smith turning the ball over. Yep. Almost haven't been a big problem. Um, I've been really impressed with him. I think that it's shot DK's floor up. But while we're here talking about Rashard Penny, who obviously, you know, it's been very impressive, especially last week against the Lions, just had a huge game, multiple big, long runs. I, I'm a big Kenneth Walker fan. I don't think it's right now. I think, you know, Keaton is definitely right. He has not been involved in the passing game. Rashard Penny is the guy to have fantasy-wise. Love the way Kenneth Walker runs the ball. I think that if Rashard Penny was to miss any time or if Rashard Penny is to hit a snag at some point, they, they've got a real runner in Kenneth Walker. They've got someone who's a bruiser, could definitely do work in the goal line. So it, it might not even be this year. You know what I mean? It might be something for next year. But I've got my eyes on Kenneth Walker. I, I have him in one of my leagues. I just haven't been able to cut him because, like Keaton said, he just hasn't been involved that much. It's like three or four touches a game. But there's a touch in each of those games where he runs someone over or just mm -hmm. runs behind his pass for nine yards. So Rashard Penny's the guy right now in fantasy. Kenneth Walker will be at some point. It might be 2023, but I got my eyes on Kenneth Walker out in Seattle as well. That's another Denial good name. In Dynasty right there. Yep. There you go. The dynasty there, name. There's your Dynasty uh, running back for those that are looking at the Tyler Algiers of the world and the uh, – the Tyron Davis prices of the world. Don't forget about Kenneth Walker. He's still there. He might not be getting the carries yet, but hey, that's another thing with Rashard Penny. So far, he stayed healthy, but we know health can be an issue with him. Just real quick on on running backs too. Running mm -hmm. backs, there are a lot of running backs that develop in the second half of the season, yep. and we really see what their value is to that offense once a team kind of reaches a certain point in the season. I think running back, probably more so than any other position, you may have a completely different picture for your team of what that looks like in the second half of the season as well. So that's another thing to look out with with some of these talented running backs that, and we're going to probably talk about a little bit, you know, 
talk about that a little bit more in Jacksonville and in some other places as well. But you got a talented running back that's that's waiting in the wings, and you say, you know, when is it going to be their time? When is it going to be their time? Well, we've seen a lack of production from a lot of running backs already in the first four games of the season. So um, is the likelihood that some of these guys that are number two, so to speak, on the depth chart might end up, you know, popping up and being stars later in the year? That could all factor into, you know, what kind of moves you're making at this point, what kind of trades you're making, who you're picking up off the waiver wire, etc. One hundred, one hundred, one hundred percent. And we're, let's talk about a running back who's kind of struggled this year, but he could fit that description of second half. He gets it rolling, and he could. I think if he gets it rolling, based on what we saw from him as a rookie, Keaton, he could take you a long way in fantasy. And that's Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Harris hasn't played well, but he's gotten the carries. Hasn't really got the passing. The, the targets in the passing game like we saw him do last year mm-hmm. but he's been productive only one touchdown on the season but i think like you said those guys that fit that second half moniker he could be that mm-hmm. guy that fits that that fits that and can carry not only the stillers but your fantasy team a very long way um in the second half season towards the playoffs yeah for sure if you if you invested early and like we did in our, in our league um <laughs> in Najee harris <laughs> Um, you know, stay patient. I think that there's a lot of people, a lot of rather uh, offensive stars in the Steelers offense that you're you were really kind of looking for them to blossom once they got the quarterback situation settled, yep. which is another way of saying once Mitch Trubisky gets out of the way, um, <laughs> I think the Steelers offense can flow as normal. And we're not, we don't really know what we're going to get from Kenny Pickett, but as we discussed pre-show, um, I think we absolutely knew what the ceiling was for Mitch Trubisky and a an offense led by Mitch Trubisky is not a fantasy-friendly offense, despite the weapons and the tools that you might have as a part of that. So we knew that going in. Now that Trubisky is, as I said, out of the way, so to speak, I think this is Kenny Pickett's, uh, you know, uh, the ball is in his court at this point, and I think he's going to do well. That's a little bit of Steelers homerism in me uh, saying that. But I think also that Pickett is, is you know, coming from an offense, a pro-style offense, where he's going to be throwing the ball. He's going to be most comfortable when he's throwing the ball, when he's getting the ball down the field. The Steelers, not just this year, surprise, surprise, right, have a great core of wide receivers. Where have we heard that before? Um, continually, again and again, year after year, you have these talented guys. Um, Pickett is going to be a much better fit. He's going to make more mistakes, sure, but he's going to be a much better fit for putting up fantasy numbers. That means more opportunities for Najee Harris in this offense. He has looked absolutely stagnant, running into the back of the line. Um, you know, an, an offense that can't move the ball too effectively through the air, so teams are stacking the box. Um, that all worked against Najee Harris in the first four games. He's turned in kind of some pedestrian efforts, but still, volume is king, and a now a higher volume offense, a volume guy, uh, naturally is going to see a much better uh, second half or whatever second three quarters of the season for the rest of the year my prediction also a little bit of homerism it's it's it's, it's okay to be a homer that's why we that's why we respect your knowledge you follow the stillers so if anybody knows about Najee harris and that still is offense it's you minus the homerism we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna know there's we're gonna see it's gonna, solid analysis i promise yeah, everyone. that's what i say it there's Absolutely. gonna be probably a slight <laughs> bit of blatant homerism but for the most part, we know you're keeping it real. What do you think, Harrison? What do you think about Najee Harris? Um, like I said, a guy who has only scored one touchdown, which came against the Browns. Again, another guy who I was like, yo, Najee Harris, anytime touchdown. This job won't hit just because he's due. 
Now, hopefully he can build on that. Has a tough matchup against the Buffalo Bills defense, which is only allowed to, what, 83.8 yards per game? Third third field within the league. Not a tough, very tough matchup for him. But, again, like we said, one of those guys, like he even said, you, that a lot of folks vested high in, probably a little down on, but with, I think, a better option at quarterback could be better in the long term for the rest of the season. No, I'm with you guys. I think Keaton got it exactly right. I think that the hope is that this becomes a more high-volume offense, and that just provides more opportunities for Najee Harris. We talked about it. You know, if you got Najee Harris, you paid a premium for him. It's it's unlikely that he slipped out of the first round, top 10, whatever you want to call it. Um, he, he was very highly regarded this year, and I think there's good reason for that. I think that there's still a lot of upside for Najee Harris. I think a part of it has just been – you know, and I think Keaton will probably attest to this. The Steelers' offensive line that they have this year isn't what it's been in the past. You know, it, it's obviously taken some steps back. Um, Trubisky, we talked about it. You know, there, there, was, there was kind of a ceiling there. You know, what are you really going to get from Trubisky? What's your offense really going to be? Um, that had always been a problem. That definitely factored in. So, you know, you're hoping that Kenny Pickett can really start to open things up. I think in general, especially early on when they're playing the likes of Buffalo, I know they have some other tough games um, down the line as well in these next few weeks. I think you can really start to expect them to lean on the run game, maybe to lean on a couple screen passes to Najee Harris, where if you're in a PPR league, maybe he gets three receptions, four receptions, really helps out that score there. Um, some quick game just in general. Kenny Pickett looking to dump something off if he's in trouble. Um, I think Najee could see a rise there, some more touches in the run game. I, I definitely would not panic on Najee Harris. I wouldn't sell low. I wouldn't try to you know, get a deal done for Marquise Brown or something this week for Najee Harris. I, I, I would stay steady. You know, I would stay strong with that and hope that Kenny Pickett can progressively improve that offense and the offensive line can take some steps forward, and I think you can see better days for Najee Harris. I completely agree. Completely agree with y'all. So, hey, we'll see how Najee Harris performs against the Buffalo Bills. Tough matchup for yeah. uh, the Steelers, who are 14-point underdogs. Last time they were – you have to go a few years back for the last time they were two touchdown underdogs. We're talking like Super Bowl thirty against the Cowboys. They're a 13 and a half underdogs lost by 10. So, hey, maybe Steelers lose by 10. And they're great. covering the spread this week, baby. Lock it in. Oh, you heard it here Let's first. Go. Stone cold lock. Let's go. Let's lock it. Master lock. I don't blame him, actually. I, I, I actually don't blame him because I just – Do you – I mean, is it that crazy to think that – That's a lot of points. The Steelers, yeah, that's a, lot of points. That's, that's a lot of points. That's the same way I was thinking. It's too much points. points. It doesn't and matter the, what league the, it is. That's the last time points. these two teams played high-volume – uh, Buffalo offense, the Steelers defense that was all charged up. They're not going to have TJ Watt for this one, but I, I, it just it doesn't it doesn't scream to me blowout one no. way or the other. Um, and I think that Kick, Pickett's going to surprise a lot of folks. He's, I think he's going to turn the ball over a lot. That's what I think. You know, Pickett's main thing is going to be. It's going to be his first start. But you also consider last week he didn't take first team reps last year. He was not uh, last week rather. He was not expected to be the starter when he came in midway through that game, literally at mm -hmm. halftime. So. There is a higher expectation for what I think that he's going to do. He's going to throw the ball a lot. And I think even if they're down late, very possible to close that gap, you know, within 14. You know, I, I joke, but, I mean, hey, covering that spread for the Steelers of 14 might be something you want to sprinkle in a parlay there. Just saying. I'll, I'll also say just in general, I mean, look at Buffalo's games recently. Have they been blowing teams out or have they been winning close games at the end of games? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know Against what I mean? Miami, the, you, you know, know that's, I mean? that's a tight one. Against, against Baltimore, that's a tight one, you know. And they and they and they, and they needed all and they needed and they needed Baltimore to basically not kick a field goal on fourth down for mm -hmm. them to even have a chance to win it. 
And Baltimore then decided to tackle who was that Singletary or whatever near near inside the red zone instead of just letting them score. It's just yeah, that's that's just that's just how it is. So they 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 caught a lucky break. They caught an error. If this was baseball, we'd be talking about this as uh, talking about Baltimore's (laughs) mistake there as an error. You know, like you just you, you just don't do that. But you know, to to again imagine a competitive football team. The Steelers are a competitive football team. I think that everyone within that locker room still believes that they can win games. The the idea of rebuild year isn't necessarily ingrained in that locker room yet, which I I think that you know a lot of people buy into that. They they buy into Mike Tomlin not having a losing season uh-huh. just yet. These guys want to win some games, so um, I think it's going to be competitive every week. And now that you've got a quarterback that has the potential. Um, you know, for higher, you know, for a higher octane offense, like I said, it's just, it's, it's not a totally crazy idea. No, it's not, a, it, 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 it's not a crazy idea. And like you said, them to cover the 14, definitely it's not crazy. Cause like we said, that's just too many points. I don't care who it is. It's too many points, two touchdowns. You're, that means you're expecting just the Steelers to fall flat on the face. And I don't expect the Mike Tomlin team to just fall flat on their face. I expect them to you be, don't see it too often. I expect them to be ready to go and at least give up effort and them trying to short, not shorten the game, shorten the game to give the ball to Najee Harris, but putting also Kenny Pickett in manageable situations for him yep. to make plays against the Buffalo secondary who we've what talked about, you know, on Twitter in our group text that has surprised with Ultra Davis white and, you know, in their host of veteran corners, you know, and secondary people that have missed time here and there, but they're also very young with a lot of young guys. So, could be some opportunities for Pickett to do something for sure in week five so this is the total sports live podcast here on anchor this is jovan joined by my guys keaton and harrison breaking down week five in fantasy and we gotta talk about since we're talking about running backs that's been like the theme of the show this week running backs Next week's show will probably be on wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's a whole bunch to talk about the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about running backs to trade for, looking at good or bad value. Some of the guys that we have listed on this list, fellas, Miles Sanders, Rashard Penny, Devin Singletary, who I always think is like the most interesting fancy player in the world. Yes. Well, that Buffalo backfield in general, because you just don't know who's going to go off. It could be Singletary one week. It could be Zach Moss the next week. It could be James Cook the other week. It could be Josh Allen that leads the team in rushing. You just never know mm-hmm. with that team. So you got Singletary. You got James Robinson, my guy, James Robinson, the pride of Illinois State. Okay. And Jamal Williams, who if you have him in fantasy, you have been eaten because he's been a touchdown stiller from, from DeAndre Swift, but also scoring touchdowns without DeAndre Swift. So, fellas, okay. who on this list do you think are running backs that people should trade for? Or running backs where you say, nah, don't trade, don't trade for him yet. Wait it out until we see what happens. Yeah, so I would say my guy from that list was really James Robinson. And I think a part of that is just the timing and the situation of it. He's coming off a down week, only had eight carries, was his worst statistical game of the season for fantasy purposes. I think this could be a situation where managers are starting to look, you know, get a little worried. Maybe start to worry that Travis Etienne could be taking over that running back one role. The Jaguars have leaned James Robinson all year. I think last year people started to fade James Robinson. During the Urban Meyer tenure, they had some problems. Dave Robinson wasn't getting the ball as much. With Doug Peterson there, it seems like he's their lead running back. It seems like he's the guy that they kind of want to work through. Um, and even if ETI, you know, starts to see more time, starts to see more of the snap count, um, James Robinson has proved that he can be valuable with whatever touches he gets. His first season as an undrafted free agent, he really burst onto the scene. It was just an efficient, effective rusher. So, 
That's one guy I was really interested in. I like Jamal Williams as well. I, I think that people might be, you know, a little trying to sell high on him right now. It might not be the exact time to do it, but if DeAndre Swift starts to put up a few good weeks and maybe Jamal Williams only gets 10 carries and 40 yards, I, I just think that the Lions really like Jamal Williams. I think he plays into their, you know, kind of mantra, their mentality, the, the physical runner that he is, the aggressive that he plays with, the just passion that he has on the field. I think that he has a role in the Lions offense, no matter if DeAndre Swift is 100%. And obviously, if DeAndre Swift's not on the field, Jamal Williams is a running back one. I feel pretty comfortable saying that right now. So those will kind of be my two. I hate to still be down on Miles Sanders. I don't know if I would trade for Miles Sanders right now. I, I don't know. You know, coming off this crazy week where they were playing in a mini hurricane and he ran for 130 yards against the Jaguars. I don't know. This might not be the time for me to go get Miles Sanders. Um, And I I still just think that the Eagles have so many other ways to go in the run game. Um, Boston Scott was out last week. They were just getting Trey Sermon in. Um, Obviously, Boston Scott isn't going to completely kill Miles Sanders' touches, but he'll he'll take some touches. So Kenneth Gainwell has a legit role in the offense, a legit role as a pass catcher, a legit role in the red zone. Like I think Kenneth Gainwell is probably the best red zone back over Miles Sanders. So I don't know. I I still have falls on Miles Sanders. I guess I'm just – Miles Sanders hater, but I don't mean to be. I honestly don't I like Miles Sanders, but I don't know if I'd trade for him right now. And it's and it's interesting that you bring that up. Like what you and I th- what you just said is interesting when it comes to running backs. And I think we I think a lot of people don't think about this with running backs. It's not so much if you can get the yardage, if can you be a threat in the red zone? Because that's where the points are at, right? Miles Sanders, if he doesn't give you a hundred yards, if he finds a way to the end zone, here's your points, right? We talk about a guy like James Robinson, who we just mentioned, right? James Robinson, 66 yards week one, 66, 64 yards week two, 100 versus the Chargers, 29 against Philly. The first three games of the season, he also had a touchdown in each of those games, which gave him double-digit fantasy points in each of those games. And I think that also, I think that also, you know, speaks to uh what's that guy's name that we just talked about jamal williams another guy who again you're not looking for him to be the you know end all be all i'm carrying the ball 20 30 times 50 to 60 75 100 yards a game you're looking for this guy can you just be a threat in the red zone and you look at him yo first four games this season Three out of the four games, he's had at least two rushing touchdowns. He's had at least two. His fantasy points in standard leagues, 15-6, 22.7, 22.9. That's ridiculous. So I think that's also something to be thinking about, too, with these running backs. Are you are you being are they being utilized in the red zone? Because if you're yeah. being utilized in the red zone, you have a higher chance of giving you some extra fantasy points on top of if they break off that's like a 50-yard really run or a 40-yard run. That's a really good point. I mean, you know, running back usage or running backs are down. We're saying overall, there's not too many bell cows out there. There's not too many guys that are going to get too many running backs that are dominating between the 20s. Um, One of the running backs that is dominating between the 20s pre-injury, of course, this year was DeAndre Swift. Like between the 20s has been great, but who's been killing it inside the 20s? The guy that leads the league in in, in rushing touchdowns right now, uh, tied at least, a guy by the name of Jamal Williams, as you said. So where's the value in each one of these guys? I think when they're both healthy, you're almost at this point ranking them within five spots of each other because they do two different things on on the field very well. But it's a perfect example I think when you're looking at trying to trade for a running back as well, what are you looking for? To, what are you looking to add to your team? A guy that's going to rack up yards between the 20s? There's only a few of those guys 
in the league right now? Um, or are you going to get the guys that are going to be effective inside the red zone? The rare mixture of those that do both. Who are we talking about? Maybe Saquon this year? Um, Derrick Henry in the past. Der- Der- Derrick Henry now. in the past, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so looking for that right fit is going to be tough. But timing is key, guys. Like, a lot of this stuff, when you when you go to make your trade, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Harrison, that, that you know, guys might be trying to, you know, puff up the value of guys like Jamal Williams and, you know, some of these guys that just had a really productive game. Um, I'm going to throw Miles Sanders in that, too. He had a 30-point, you know, game this past week almost. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be saying, hmm, I wonder if, you know, a guy like this has value. So the timing on a guy like Miles Sanders – it could be bad maybe now. Um, last week would have been perfect between last week and this week, of course, to trade. So I would fade a Miles Sanders trade, not for the value that he could potentially bring throughout the rest of the year, but just it's a poor time right now because I think a lot of people are going to want a, a ton of value. Uh, on the flip side, I think the anti-Miles Sanders from a trade perspective here is Devin Singletary, as you mentioned a little bit earlier. Devin Singletary, I have you know, pulled my hair out with frustration about Devin Singletary performances of the past. Um, He's in these sometimes obvious situations where you're like, he's going to get 30 points this game. He has to, who else is going to get the ball? Um, And they find ways to get it into everyone else's hands. But um, this year, his target, uh, his carries rather have gone up uh, pretty consistently over the course of the season. He's got 21 air targets, 21 targets in four games. For Devin Singletary, there's a lot of guys that are going to be, you know, catching passes from a Josh Allen-led offense, and it doesn't seem like they've committed to one guy or the other in the backfield. But it, Devin Singletary is getting a pretty significant load of both the carries and, uh, you know, the, the the passing game usage as well. I think it's a good time to get him low. He had his high point of the season so far last week, so he's coming down from a 24-point performance in standard PPR. Uh, scoring a 24-point performance last week. He had just 11.6 in this past week. So you could have people that are potentially like me. If I own Devin Singletary, if I had shares of Devin Singletary on my team, I'd be saying, hey, maybe now potentially is the time to get rid of him and to be done with whether or not he's going to score eight points this week or 25 points. Um, Let me try and trade him now. So you can get him for a good value. And I think that Singletary's usage is going to go up. Again, it's another one of those high-volume offense. More volume in a high-volume offense usually is a good thing. So as in terms of value, I think that Devin Singletary is a name that you should look at. Not necessarily something that's going to make or break the season for you, though. I like it. Devin Singletary, like you said, he's one of those guys where, like we said, perfect example, running back by a committee in Buffalo. You don't know who's going to go off, but he's just like he's out of all those three running backs there. He's the one that's kind of been the most consistent mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. the guy, like you said, you could depend on him running the ball. You can also depend on him being a threat in the passing game, which only boosts up his, you know, stature in fantasy football. He's not the RB1, but very quality RB2. And if you got a stack backfield, could be a very good flex play. And I don't think people think about that too, since we're on the topic of running backs, Mm -hmm. of how much, and this is, I think, I think this applies to both regular fantasy and DFS is how much running backs in the flex spot could really do like some significant damage just because you know for a fact they're going to get the targets and they're going to get the touches. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that, I mean, there's a lot of talented, we'll probably get to wide receivers in a future podcast here, but like there's <laughs> right? so many talented wide receivers right now that it almost makes logical sense. Jovan, I sent you a, a trade proposal the other day about, you know, a wide receiver for running back sort of thing and just say, hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, getting creative, you know, with 
you know, a lot of these receivers, young receivers especially, that are popping up and becoming significant guys that you might have invested low value in terms of, of draft stock and that are that are, you know, becoming big. I'm looking at you, Chris Olave. You know, um, you know, like there, there's gonna be more opportunities for receivers like that to break free. So if you've got, you know, you know, maybe a, a solid uh, wide a wide receiver that's a solid flex option, or maybe you have two options at wide receiver that you're thinking about slotting in. You may want to trade that. You know, that's what I said. You can get a Devin Singletary at a relatively low value um, because you know fantasy is an emotional game, right? Like people don't want to give up the guys that just scored a, a ton of points because they think they're going to do it in the next week. So you could sometimes take advantage of, of of somebody that's saying, "Hey, this player doesn't have tremendous value to me right now, and perhaps I do need a wide receiver with a sexy name, you know, so to speak, that like that that's been going through the league this year." Um, in exchange for a Devin Singletary, and then on your team, you already have your two starting wide receivers. But then, as you say, you can slot him into. Uh, or starting running backs rather, but you can slot them into the flex um, at relatively low cost. For sure, for sure. So that's going to wrap up our running back segment for this week. Glad that everybody was able to tune in. No, we're not done yet, but <laughs> appreciate everybody oh, for we ain't finished. We ain't finished. We ain't, we ain't finished yet, but also do appreciate everybody for taking the time out of the listed total for our podcast. Really appreciate it. Like I said, this is Joe Vine with Harrison and Nick. I mean, Harrison and Keaton. Jesus Christ. Shout out Nick. <laughs> Shout I've, out been to I've been there before. I've been there before. For some there. reason, for some reason, I was thinking the Phillies preview uh, playoff po- playoff podcast that we're doing tomorrow. Nick said, he do it. "Hey, that's Nick big news. It yeah. hasn't, happened, you, in a, hasn't happened in Thank a long you, time." Yeah, yeah, we're excited out here. You know, get some playoff baseball finally. For sure, it's been about eleven years. Go Pirates next year. I was gonna say, has it has it been a longer drought? We're not gonna like this is a di- different podcast, of course, but has it been longer than the Pirates? Yeah. Yeah, you, you right. guys were yeah, you guys were 2013, in with, uh, right? Right, yeah. McCutcheon, yeah, McCutcheon and Cole in the, in the Quato year, right? Yeah, Quato, Quato. But yeah, congratulations to the Phillies, by the way. Absolutely earned it. Awesome baseball team, by the way. If you want to watch them, very exciting. Uh, <laughs> but, outside uh, the Philly area, just, 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 just love the plug. MLB playoffs begin what Friday? Friday, yeah, game, yeah, it's happening. Game, game at noon. Yeah. Games at noon. Well, not the not the Phillies, but I think it's. Cleveland, Tampa at noon, and then at two we have we have the Phillies and Cardinals. Zach Willer on the mound against Adam nice. Wainwright. The big baseball football crossover, the best season of the year. There you go. Right. Facts. Only podcast you can hear that first. This one. So <laughs> <laughs> let's look at let's look at the waiver wire, fellas. You know, yeah. you, this has been a staple on the TSL podcast for many years. The waiver wire. We always like to find those guys on the waiver. Who you know could be big time players. You know, if it was a couple weeks ago, I would have been saying my guy Greg Dortch, but Dortch has now <laughs> fallen by the wayside because some reason Rondell Moore, Cliff Kingsbury wants to get Rondell Ball to Rondell Moore the ball. And I understand second round pick, but Greg Dortch was playing outstanding football. Greg Dortch is the guy at five foot seven. <laughs> the Cardinals have the shortest wide receiving core <laughs> in the league. I swear to you not. And add to that, maybe the shortest starting quarterback? Question mark. Is there a yeah. theme building here? Like, are they trying to do something <laughs> over there in Arizona? <laughs> miniature, miniature football players coming soon. It must be in what Arizona. it is. So we gotta look at the waiver wire. We got a few players that we got. We all highlighted a player each that we think mm-hmm. could, you know, make some noise. And we're over since talking about running backs. We have a running back on our list, and Harrison's got one coming straight out the AFC West. In a team where we don't really think about running backs so much, but this kid out of Rutgers, seventh round pick, 
he's really made some noise and has found a way to stick on the roster from training camp, from preseason to training camp. And now he's really getting some snaps in the regular season. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Isaiah Pacheco. I actually was lucky enough to have the opportunity to watch him for a week of practice down at the Hula Bowl and really got to see him running the ball and some of the team drills and some of the live, um, you know, just drills that they had going on. Just a physical runner, just someone who runs behind his pad. He had a lot of buzz about him just in general. There was a lot of people just talking about Isaiah Pacheco is running hard. Teams really like him. And it's translated to the summer he had in Kansas City as well. Um, really productive summer. Like you said, Jovan, just found a way to make the team. I mean, seventh-round running back. You don't really know where that's going to go. And it's translated to – listen, the fantasy success isn't there right now, but he had 11 carries last week, and that that running back, you know, committee is healthy. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has really proven, you know, what the hype around 2020 Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was when he was the eighth pick in drafts, the seventh pick in drafts, uh, a mm-hmm. top guy coming out of LSU. This has really been what everybody was so excited about, you know, a really talented pass-catching back, a speedy athletic guy who can make plays in the open field, catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, you know, sign me up. It, it sounds great in theory. Working with Andy Reid and the creative play calling that they have, Eric Bieniemy, um, just that offense as a whole, you know. So that's kind of been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's um, season. Isaiah Pacheco getting 11 touches right now while things are going well for that Chiefs offense. Well, that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like I'm saying, is playing out of his mind, really reaching his potential. I, I just think that the Chiefs are big fans of him. Pacheco's been returning kicks. Not that that really plays into fantasy, but it, it just shows you that the Chiefs trust him. The Chiefs like him. So that, that's someone that I'm looking at. He's owned in about 14% of ESPN leagues right now. He's probably someone that you can leave on waivers at the moment. There's not going to be a huge rush on Pacheco. But if Clyde Ward-Solaire was to miss time or anything of that nature, if Jet McKinnon goes down, um, I think Pacheco will be definitely someone who's popular. The two big names this week are, are Tyler Algier um, with the Falcons, with Cordell Patterson going down. A lot of hype on him, a lot of, a lot of rush on him. And then Mike Boone out in Denver as well has been really popular with Javante Williams going down. I think those are just kind of injury situations, and, and their role will definitely improve. Algier is a talented running back. Um, so those are kind of the two hyped-up names this week at running back. But if you're looking for someone just a little bit under the radar or just someone that you might want to click that interested button in, even though I don't think people do that anymore because it tells everybody you know who you are. Right. I don't think people do that. But yeah, don't, someone, don't someone to watch. Now. Exactly, right. So someone to watch, though. I, I like Isaiah Pacheco a lot. No love for Caleb Huntley. You mentioned Tyler. I meant, I meant to mention him. I meant to mention him. <laughs> no, I'm but just Tyler, playing with you. But no, like... you got a point, though. Because Tyler Algier is the guy to go get, but they're going to they're gonna split that up. There's no way it'll be 100% Tyler Algier. So Caleb Huntley is going to be the, the less picked up guy. If you want to get creative and if you, if you like Caleb Huntley, you want to get super, get super I'm creative. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad Deep at it. Stash. That, thank you for bringing that up. I meant to, I meant to mention that. Deep stash Caleb Huntley. That's your deep, that's your deep stash sleeper. For this week, Caleb yeah, Hunt. That's your flyer right there. That's your Hail right, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> There's your Hail Mary. What about you, Keaton? We got Isaiah Pacheco. Who do you have? On Speaking your of list? Hail Mary, somebody that can throw one, Geno Smith. He needs to be on your team. Uh, if if he's not rostered at this point in your league, I don't know what your league is doing. I'm trying to look at his overall roster percentage right now. 24.5%. It's up 18% this week in ESPN standard leagues. I should mention that. Um, but uh, – in terms of a streaming option, if you decided to stream quarterbacks this year, I decided to do that one fantasy year. I'm I'm, I'm scared to do it again because it's it's heart palpitations every week. Who's going to start at quarterback? It's a dangerous um, game. One it's double Baker a, Mayfield. It, it's such a you're going to end up with ba- Baker Mayfield on certain weeks. But tell me this, like right, you have Geno Smith coming into a week. What we know about Geno Smith 
now after four weeks. You got Geno Smith, or you've got your Baker Mayfields, your Carson Wentz's of the world, your Zach Wilson's of the world. Um, you know, starters like this that you might be uh, Joe Flack, uh, not Joe Flacco, rather uh, Kirk Cousins, um, or or maybe a Jared Goff. Um, that's a streaming option in your league. Some of these names aren't bad for sure. They're the names of guys that we usually have in that streamer category. But mm-hmm. those streamers have been disappointing at different points in the season yep. for one reason or another. But who has not been disappointing? The number nine overall uh, scoring quarterback in fantasy this year by the name of Genovius Smith. I actually don't know if that's his name, but it seems like <laughs> it'd be cool. Um, he needs to be your number one streaming QB option. Dak Prescott is down. Uh, Mac Jones is down. Tua Tagovailoa is down. Um, <clears throat> a few other names on on the list of quarterbacks that you might have invested in, back-end streamers that, that may be underperforming as well. Um, Geno Smith needs to be your guy. And if he isn't your guy, get him on your backup for, you know, other guy, you know to, to use uh-huh. his value potentially in a trade swing for another uh, another player that could use a quarterback this year. Gino's a very good one. And if you look at his stats, like you said, his stats are almost reminiscent of another streamer who's kind of who kind of fell off a little bit last week, but I still put him in the streamer category and Marcus Mariota. Them two are kind of in that same category of guys like you need somebody in a pinch. If somebody gets hurt, yeah. you can't go wrong with him. You look at Gino, he's thrown for at least two touchdowns in three out of four games. That's really impressive. Yeah. And, and he's in the last two games, he's thrown for over 300 yards against Atlanta, against Detroit. But against San Fran, he didn't have a touchdown. He had zero. He had zero touchdowns. But he threw for 197 against Denver, 195, two touchdowns, 17.2 points, six points, 18.9 points, 31.7 points. That's like you said. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, good for a streamer for a Seahawks offense that really isn't bad. Considering it's not like bad. it's not it's not bad. He's got good options. So I mean, let's not forget. That's, that's also the thing. He has very good options. Yeah, We're not talking yeah. like Drew Lock back here. We're talking <laughs> exactly. Drew Real, real options at wide. You have a, a freakish athlete at wide receiver in DK Metcalf. No matter who's throwing him the ball, but you know, and, and and Tyler Lockett on. This is the passing offense that we used to get excited about when there was a different quarterback there, of course. But I think Geno Smith has really taken this opportunity um, seriously. He doesn't see himself as a placeholder until Seattle decides to move on to something new. So guys that have that hunger and that sort of glint in their eye, the chip on their shoulder, whatever you want to call it, um, always kind of, you know, kind of good to put, you know, put your money on them, um, so to speak. But Geno Smith is not a, a bad option anymore. I think he's in that solid streamer category. And this week is still a week that you can pick him up, even if you don't have an immediate need at quarterback, because he's going to have value. For sure. And one guy I'm going to put for my streamer and that is, well, not streamer, waiver wire, is Noah Brown. This guy has kind of come out of nowhere. We thought that Jalen Tolbert was going to be the guy for the Cowboys to step up and be wide receiver two uh, next to C.D. Lamb with Michael Gallup at the time still out with injury. But it's been Noah Brown. He's really come on um, for any for, you know. When they when they went to Cooper Rush, it was no concern because this you think about a depth wide receiver playing with a backup quarterback, the connections already already there between the two guys. And look at what he's done this season. He's had out of four games, he's at least had five receptions three times. He's had a healthy target share. He's been pretty productive as the Cowboys' number two, number three wide receiver. Obviously, he left last week's game with a neck injury, but it seems like he did return to practice. Um, he practiced fully on Wednesday and 
as a guy who's only rostered in 11% of leagues, again, a guy who you're not slotting in at wide receiver one or wide receiver two. But if you're looking for a flex guy, he could be a very viable option. He's going against a team in the L.A. Rams who have given up. Surprisingly enough, fellas, they have given up the second most yards to wide receivers this year at 847. Yikes. 847 yards. And Cooper Rush is Dylan. He's throwing the ball. So if Brown continues to practice fully, which it seemed like he went through Wednesday, so that's a good sign. And CeeDee Lamb's probably going to be – Jalen Rams probably going to have the task of taking CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup will continue to get Usher back in. Noah Brown could be a guy, again, who can be that nice flex play, wide receiver three, a guy maybe that you look at in DFS as well, who probably will be probably have a low salary cap price, and you should take a shot on. And I'm going to take a shot on on betting on him this week. This is, uh, his receiving yards prop is 37 and a half. I don't know why it's still 37 wow. and a half when he's gone over that every game this we season. We are talking money on the show tonight, folks. <laughs> you are listening. So I'm going to capitalize off the books for some reason, continuing to put his number at 37, 35. Same way how I did with Greg Dortch. The books don't get it, but I'm going to keep on capitalizing off of it. Noah Brown, that's my waiver wire guy. And, fellas, let's wrap up the podcast with our favorite segment of the week, Anytime Touchdown Picks. If you were with us in week one, (laughs) (laughs) we gave you guys some winners. Now, if you parlayed them like I did, it didn't go so well because we just missed out on one with, with, with Debo Samuel. However, if you did play them separately, you did get some value. With um with Curtis Samuel being plus one ninety that one week, with Lamar Jackson with plus one sixty, with Corey Davis pl- Corey plus, Davis plus, a huge one yeah plus two sixty so there's value out here we're not we're not telling you to parlay these guys but play put them on a nice single ticket and come back with a nice little uh payday and hopefully we can uh, spice up your current parlay with a little bit of this maybe add one more one or two more legs onto this there you, know? you go we're not we're not we're not we're not condoning or promoting that but you get the drift here <laughs> of course you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said we do have some picks for y'all again we're not we don't have odds for some of these guys yet but these are just some players that we do like more so and this is what i need people to understand about anytime touchdown picks it's not so much about oh this guy has great odds or nothing like that like it's more so and that's how i think about it it's more so matchup who has mm-hmm. what's a favorable matchup how can guys you know how can guys get in the end zone? What's the game script? Things like that. So that being said, fellas, who are some of the anytime touchdown plays this week that people need to be watching out for on DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, PointsBet, whichever sports book you use, even the offshore books? Who are they? Come who should they now. be looking out for? Man, this past Sunday, I was sitting at Applebee's with a couple of my buddies, John and Corey, and we were, <laughs> we were having this same conversation, Jovan. Who who are the anytime touchdown guys? And I think a lot of it comes down to just not overthinking things. Yes. You know, I, I think with anytime touchdowns, true. don't overthink it, man. Who yeah. do you see scoring touchdowns week after week? Consists, obviously, there's going to be some crazy games, some anomalies, game scripts, whatever. For the majority, though, you know what I mean? Who do you see scoring? I like DK Metcalf this week versus New Orleans. That, that matchup caught my eye. That New Orleans defense, you know, Dennis Allen's taking over as the head coach. A lot of respect for him. A lot of respect for him as a defensive mind. The defense hasn't fully clicked yet. You know, that, that, that defense hasn't fully clicked. And really, this whole podcast, this whole 50 minutes, we've been talking about how good Geno Smith's been playing and how this Seattle Seahawks offense is a legit offense. Yeah. I, I like DK Metcalf versus New Orleans. They're coming off a tough week out in 
out in London where Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen both put up really strong days, really had high volume days. Kirk Cousins was feeding him the football all day. I like DK Metcalf to get one to go get a jump ball. If you're looking for something odds wise, and I think this could potentially make Keaton, you know, happy to hear this. I like George Pickens versus Buffalo this week to get an anytime touchdown. Ooh. I think George Pickens will score this week. I feel really confident. I have him in one of my leagues. I'm I'm fighting the urge to not start George Pickens this week. <laughs> I'm trying to talk myself out of it, it feels like, um, to get him in over Curtis Samuel or something like that. One of the main reasons is there, there's two really main reasons why I think George Pickens will score this week. The first reason is that him and Kenny Pickett had a very, very strong bond in the preseason. They had a great connection on the field. You could just tell that Kenny Pickett likes throwing George Pickens' way. I think that that's going to be a duo that Pittsburgh is going to have success with for a long time. Um, the other thing that really catches my eye about this is Buffalo's secondary. Um, you know, me, me and Jovan have been a big fan of Christian Benford's game from Villanova right here in the area. Um, had a nice start to the season. Suffered a broken hand. Uh, he might be on IR right now. He had surgery. He's in a cast. He's not playing. So if you had a sixth-round rookie, all due respect, because Christian Benford's a dog, we really liked him long-term. But if you had a sixth-round rookie starting a quarterback just a few weeks ago and he's injured, who's your second corner going to be that's going to be covering George Pickens opposite Chase Claypool, opposite Deontay Johnson? I think there's going to be a matchup there. Obviously, Buffalo has a great defense. I think that there's you know a, a play there. I like George Pickens to score one this week. I really like that Pickens play. Just because you sold me on it, with, with, no, for real, you sold you did me a good job. It. Yeah, you sold me on it with stats and facts and analysis. And like you said, with any type of touchdowns, you don't overthink. And then you look at what Pickens did last week against the Jets. He had what six receptions for 102 yards, eight targets. That's pretty good. And he's getting more involved in the offense. And if you look at the snap count for the Steelers, what was it? Snap count 100. percent Pickens played 70% of steps. That's pretty good. So when I see that, it makes me wonder, should I do it? And I mean, at plus 310 on FanDuel, I think. I was going to say, the odds will be good, right? The (laughs) odds will be in your favor, especially right now while he's still Plus 310 with a rookie quarterback, with a rookie wide receiver. I think I might have to sprinkle a little something on that after the show's over. So there (laughs) you go. I do like that. I like those picks. I like those picks. What about you, Keaton? Anytime touchdowns. Any anytime touchdown. If I'm putting my money somewhere this week, it's uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has scored in three straight weeks. I think he makes it four this week, uh, facing a Chargers defense that has stopped. And I'm looking at my notes here. Absolutely no one. This year. <laughs> um, they're the third worst defense overall in terms of points allowed, yardage allowed. If we look at their fantasy stats, uh, defenses, of course, it's you know. Gonna take it with a grain of salt in terms of how many points they're scoring, of course. But just last week against Houston, um, you know, allowed Damian Pierce to kind of go off. Uh, you know, good for Damian Pierce, by the way. But um, <laughs> you know, Jacksonville the week before that they got run all over. KC the week before that, Josh Jacobs actually had a productive week for him for them uh, for the Raiders rather in week one. So not a defense necessarily that you're scared of in any way, shape, or form. They seem to be kind of reeling in a weird way, the Chargers defense does. Uh-huh. Like, they're not looking as good as, you know, what I expected behind the leadership of Derwin James, guys like that out there as well. So Cleveland coming into this game, um, they're going to be at home. I think they're going to run the ball uh, uh, a lot, <laughs> to put it that way. Yes. And I think it's weird. it would be weird to envision me coming out of Sunday seeing zero touchdowns in the in the in the uh, in the column there for Nick Chubb being the way that this offense is running, how much that the Chargers have given up in the last 
I don't know, four games. That's all the all the games this year. So I think that's a pretty safe bet for me. Uh, you you want to put one on the board uh, for me? It's Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb minus one hundred five on DraftKings right now. So if I was you, I would get that number immediately. Even though other books haven't posted, I think BetMGM haven't posted and FanDuel haven't posted it yet. But minus 105 probably seems like the best number you're going to get for a guy like Chubb. Mm -hmm. So I would jump on that number immediately or throw it in if you want to put a quick anytime touchdown parlay. I like that option, too, as he looks like one of those certified guaranteed locks of the week there. So I do like Nick Chubb there. And then for me, I'm going with James Robinson plus 100. We talked about it. You know, we just saw... Um, James Robinson plus 100. Who did they just play? They just he didn't do anything against the Eagles, so he had what eight for 29, didn't do much. But previous, uh, the previous three games before that, he had a rushing touchdown in each of them. And I think the third one came on like a 50 40 yard run. However, that's an anomaly because he's not that type of running back, he's more of an end zone type of type of guy. And they're going against the Houston Texans defense that just got obliterated by none other than Austin Eckler through the air. On the ground, so at plus one hundred, do not pass this up. I know people will be like, "Well, you could wait on that. It could be a different number." You know, it's not enough value. Again, it's plus one hundred. Don't overthink it. Keep it smart. Don't, don't, don't think. Don't try to be elaborate. It's right there. Plus one hundred. Take it or leave it. Here you go. James Robinson. And then for me, I'm going back to the Steelers uh, Bills game, and I'm going with Stefan Diggs to score anytime touchdown minus one fifteen. So if there you go, you know what. I might put a, I might put together a small anytime touchdown parlay. A Nick Chubb and uh, Stefan Diggs minus one hundred five, minus one fifteen. Just two guys that'll small. be hard to keep out of the end zone this weekend. Two 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 guys that I think can score the end zone. Stillers defense. You know they they they're reeling a little bit. Secondary's a little bit banged up. Minka I think miss miss actually I think Minka missed some time. I think mm-hmm. didn't practice today. I know Terrell Edmonds. I think he's hurt. Cameron Sutton he's hurt. And in Stefan Stefan Diggs surprisingly hasn't scored a touchdown in two weeks. I think that changes. I think, I think that changes. He's due. And that's another thing they want with these anytime touchdowns. When some guys haven't scored in a minute, they're due. They're usually due for what? And Josh Allen is going to make sure his guy uh finds the end zone. So I like Stefan Diggs uh this week. So yeah. So if you see me in my action at putting together Stefan Diggs, Nick Chubb, anytime touchdown parlay, <laughs> you know where you heard it uh here first. And uh that's pretty much going to wrap up the podcast here on the Total Sports Live podcast. Once again, appreciate everybody for tuning in wherever you may be listening at, rather that be on YouTube, rather that be on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever it may be. Uh, fellas, before we go, anything that we need to be plugging or anything that people should be looking out for on the coming days and weeks when we come back to do the podcast again? Man, like you said, Jovan, appreciate everybody tuning in. Keaton, Jovan, appreciate y'all for taking the time. Always fun hopping on here and talking with y'all. Check out the site, man. Check out our socials, Total Sports Live. Make sure y'all following. Um, college football season, we're rolling with some of that content. Heading down to Monmouth this weekend. If y'all like some FCS football, man, be sure y'all check that out. But hope everybody has a good week. Good luck with y'all fantasy teams. Go get that dub. Like I said, man, things are still open. If you're 1-3, 0-4, don't panic. It's don't early. Don't panic. Panic. You know what I mean? We're playing 17, 18 games now, all right? You got an extra week. Right. So it's a long take game. Your time. Relax, figure it out, hit the waiver wire, you'll be good. Don't trip. There you go. I, I concur. Be smart about your trades. Um, you know, timing. Timing is everything. Look at the value of what the, what a guy is before uh, you trade for him. You might say, I really want this guy on my team. If it costs you too much, it's not worth the trade. You know, yep. um, especially four games into the season. 
as Harrison just said, nobody's out of it. Um, stay true, Chris. I know you're listening out there. You're still in it at O and and four, one four. and three, whatever you are four, right four. now. It's all right. You'll come back. I know. I know. Just make the right moves for sure. But you can check me out at Keaton D Nichols in case anyone wants to check me out on the socials. And you can follow Harrison at Harry Brown Russo. You can follow me at Jovan Ten at Total Sports Live. Everyone. That's it. We'll see you guys next week. Looking forward to week six. Who knows who might show up? It might be Caleb Huntley. You never know. He might be <laughs> He might be the fancy superstar of the week. I don't know. We don't know. But when whatever happens, we'll talk about it next week on the pod. Be on the lookout for a Phillies preview pod. So we back on the mic for or Thursday night recording for the Phillies playoff preview pod Rack for their up. first game. Or Friday. So if you like podcasts, we got a ton, a ton coming out there for you. So for me, Harrison and Keaton, everyone have a good one. And we will talk to you all very soon.